All right, everybody, welcome back to the Life Plus God podcast. I am Alyssa Robinson, your host, and back by popular demand is Reverend Gracie Millard. By my own popular demand. (laughs) She came to me and said, I am very popular, and I demand (laughs) that you bring me back on the podcast. This is a real conversation (laughs) that we had. Um, So, are you ready for this question? mm, No. Is anybody ever now? All right. Today we are going to explore. I don't even want to say answer. We're going to explore the question, why does God let bad things happen? Mm. Basically, (laughs) and there's so many different variations of this question that I've stumbled across. Like, why, if God is all powerful, why does evil exist in the world? Mm -hmm. Why does God allow us to suffer? Is it part of God's plan? Like, what Mm -hmm. is, what is going on here? Mm -hmm. Um, So, so we're gonna have a little bit of fun, I think, and see, see what we think about this question. Um, Gracie, what are, I'm sure this is not the first time you've heard this question asked. Yeah. What are some of the good answers and bad answers you've heard to this question? Hmm. A lot more bad answers than good answers. (laughs) Yeah, I believe that. Um, I feel like the only good, good answer I've ever heard is just I don't know um that's the only one that really only makes sense and is not offensive to me um because it's just such it's like you said it's such an impossible question to try to answer like how you one of the phrases of that question of um that you had said was like if God is good like why is there why do we have evil um so there's that like tension of like is is god fighting evil right is Is there a chance that evil could win right if god is good and all-powerful like why is there evil so either god is good and not powerful or god is not power or god is powerful and not good yeah it's kind of like one of the main questions like one of the main uh arguments about that question um well and it's not even good versus evil it's there are things that we see as just suffering mm-hmm. but like could be attributed to god like natural disasters yeah. tornadoes yeah and hurricanes and all of these things and even like viruses if mm-hmm. we believe that god created all things then mm-hmm. god created covid19 right like what do we do with all of this right yeah um what are some of the answer you said offensive like I don't know is the only answer that you don't find offensive what are some of those I guess <laughs> Ooh, um this may be unpopular but uh, a lot of a lot of the answers that I just I don't feel like are helpful or at least they minimize su- the suffering I think a lot is that everything happens for a reason mm-hmm. um that somehow this suffering has served some greater purpose. Um, but what is that purpose? We never know. Um, I mean, you try to rationalize why why is that person getting cancer? What is the good reason for that? Like, what is the better? You know, like, it doesn't really answer. It really minimizes that suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, 
or that God is trying to teach us a lesson. Right. That one I don't like yeah. either. Um, yeah, that um, comes up with the Job thing. Yeah. The, um, that and uh, I brought. Or my, like God is testing us. Right. Yeah. I brought my one of my favorite books, the Everything Happens for a Reason, the Kate Bowler book. And I don't know if you know, we can talk about it. But uh, she she talks about, she has one line in there that says, um, what am I supposed to, what do, what do I have to lose to learn a characteristic about God? Like, why does God make me lose something to learn about God? Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that that's how I, I don't think that that's how a loving God operates. Um, there's a lot, there's so many bad answers to this, um, that, you know, God has a plan that there's a greater plan that we can't understand, or we have to have bad things happen to know how good God is, or to know how, you know, what good really is. Or to learn how to trust. Yes. That it's a test. Somehow it's, test of faith that um that God is trying to see if you'll if you'll have faith and none of those really to me line up with a loving God. Well well let's talk a, a little bit about who God is so with all of this in mind mm-hmm. what do you believe God's role in the world is? Yeah. Well, that definitely uh depends on or what you believe about God's role can help you answer those questions, which is, I think, why a lot of people believe—I think it's a it's a logical—like, it follows logically that if God is all-powerful and then, like, can dictate every single decision, that that must mean that even— that somehow that dictates suffering of some kind, but that there's some greater good for it. Um, So that's one way to look at how God operates in the world. Like like think of God as a puppeteer. Yes. Like like moving every single thing happen. Um, Then there's the, the clockmaker or watchmaker, uh, analogy. That's God's like a watchmaker that like sets the watch and then stands back and lets it all happen as, you know, he, God makes one action in creating the world and then just kind of lets it happen and stands back and is not involved at all. And so that uh, is a very hands-off God who's kind of, who's not involved in the world at all. I imagine all. just like sitting back and mourning all of the ways right. that we screwed right. up. <laughs> yeah. And again, not a loving God uh, to not interact with the world. Um, yeah, because the idea is if you created this world, you have a level of responsibility for it. mm -hmm, Right. (laughs) Right. That God created us for God's own sadistic, like entertainment to watch us all suffer. Like that is not (laughs) that God just sits back and is like, whoa, look at them. Um, so yeah, those aren't very good answers of what God's role be. Um, but around uh, Christmas time, which is when we're recording this. Sorry, a little peek no! behind the curtain. <laughs> I think delete, of, delete, delete, delete. <laughs> well, I think that there's a third option that's God with us, um, which is hard to articulate beyond. I don't know how involved God is in, uh, you know, 
pushing every decision, you know, making every decision happen. But I believe that somehow God is a part of this world and is with us. We know that Emmanuel, that God is with us. Um, God chose to become to become us and to come into this world and be with us. So I believe that somehow God is with us and is enduring, somehow enduring that suffering with us. But again, it doesn't explain why. Why does the suffering, suffering. have to be? Right. Yeah. Uh, I know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> does the Bible have any answers for this question? Funnily enough, the Bible has all kinds of things to say about suffering and evil, um, and it directly contradicts itself. And, um, you know, some some of the Psalms say, you know, God, there's no evil in God and that there is no, like, God doesn't touch evil, like, he, God is only good. And then there's a part in Isaiah where it's God speaking and God says, you know, I bring peace, I bring calamity. So it's like... Who is this? Is Does God bring calamity or does God bring peace? Um, but I think m- most people w- would think who, you know, grew up in Sunday school, they would think of Job, that that whole book is about suffering, that, you know, Job, everything is taken from Job. Um, it's a really hard book to read. Um the whole premise of the book is about the existence of suffering. But I think what Job, the book of Job teaches us is that there is no explanation for suffering, that uh, there is an absurdity to suffering. Like it doesn't make any sense because Job is this righteous man, but then he suffers unduly, like everything is taken from him. But then it also feels like when Job finally like, turns to God and is Mm -hmm. like, why are you doing this to Mm -hmm. me? Like, why are you letting these bad things happen? God kind of turns on Job and is like, who are you to ask me why I do what I do? You know? And so that's not reassuring either. Mm -mm. No, it's not. Um, But but again, that answer that God gives Job is ambiguous it never it doesn't say why god he, god doesn't say hey you're suffering because you were unrighteous or because you sinned it no, just it's is because like, i had a bet with the devil right like, right which also not great <laughs> exactly so um i think what job just it paints the whole picture of gosh there's we know that there is suffering in the world how what is there to explain it? There is nothing to explain it except just that um, it's maybe just not our task to try to understand why why there is suffering, but just to seek God in the middle of it. That's that's really, I think, what the Book of Job teaches us is that we can't <laughs> we can't figure out why, mm-hmm. um, but what we can know is that God will be with us in our suffering. That we will we can seek God. That is pretty much all we can do. Mm. That's our only, that's the only action step we can do in suffering that may not alleviate it, but it's, it's something. Mm. (laughs) It's something. Well, let's take a step into the new Testament and talk about Jesus a little bit. So, um, 
There is an understanding, and I don't know if this is a correct or incorrect understanding of who Jesus is, that when Jesus was crucified, died, Mm -hmm. and went into the... Of many of the beliefs is descended into hell for mm-hmm. three days. Sure. The idea behind that is Jesus was fighting evil hmm. and or Jesus was taking on the sins of the world or mm-hmm. something, something around like having to take on the burden of mm-hmm. suffering. Yep. And then with the resurrection, uh, overcame that, overcame mm-hmm. that evil, overcame that suffering, overcame that darkness. And so if we are to believe in the resurrection and that Jesus defeated evil mm-hmm. through that act, mm-hmm. why is evil still here? Right. I, I, yeah. <laughs> answer that don't, one. Don't make me the lawyer <laughs> when I have to, you know, go defend this answer. Um I mean, it's such a good question um, because, you know, Jesus conquered, conquered death. Well, people still die. <laughs> like Jesus conquered evil. Well, there's still evil. I think the, the best way to try to understand it is that Jesus conquered the consequence of evil or the power of evil and death that no longer are those the final do they have the final say um but i you know gosh i don't know why there still has to be evil or why there you know why there ever was Mm -hmm. um but i think it says something about god that god would come down to and experience that suffering um and so it's it's a really fascinating thing to try to understand why would god come down experience the suffering and then continue to like have there be suffering um and in the new testament they try to you know different people try to answer that of like you know god doesn't test us it's not for tempting try to test our faith. But then other people are saying, you know, it's, if you have to suffer for doing God's will, then that's, that's how it is. So there's people who are already trying to figure out, but there's a certain agreement. (laughs) They can all agree that there is suffering. Um, And I, I immediately think of Jesus in John when Jesus says, um, in this world, you will suffer. There will be trouble, but I have overcome the world. And you're like, okay. But that but, doesn't help me. Right. But what about the <laughs> suffering part? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, um, so that, I mean, that Jesus, you know, speaks in these kinds of mysteries that we're like, okay, so what does that mean that if I'm, you you've overcome the world that's great but why is there still suffering but it's it's an acknowledgement at least from Jesus that you're suffering um and that there will continue to be suffering so it's not maybe it's not just like a surprise that there's suffering um that Jesus is very aware that there will continue to be suffering i don't know mm. well okay so it's a little 
easier for me to understand evil and suffering at the hands of other people. Yes. At the end of, because yes. I'm like, okay, I'm human. A cause I understand. And yeah, I understand that we mess up and yep. that there are people in this world who make bad choices yep. and hurt others. Yes. And so that I can wrap my yes. head around a little bit more as to why it's still here. Right. But what I can't understand is, as I mentioned, like the natural disasters, mm-hmm. mental illness. like Or any illness that people are born with. Yes. Or, yes. You know, like, or like children contagious. dying. Right. Or like things like that. Like innocent suffering. Yes. That has no clear cause. Yeah. So if we're going back to like the watchmaker or the puppeteer or mm-hmm. who is God, how is God at work in all of this? Like, what is the role? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that God makes these things happen mm-hmm. or lets these things happen in terms of like <sighs> suffering, not necessarily caused by humanity, right? But that just exists. Yeah. Gosh, neither's a good option, yeah. right? Either God makes them happen because God is not good or God lets them happen because God doesn't have the power to yeah. stop them. And then when I was thinking about this, I was like, okay, well, I could get into this mindset of like, okay, it's all caused by humanity because right. when we started processing foods sure. as opposed to eating like at doing our own farming and agriculture and taking care of the land we started to see more diseases sure. emerge when we stopped caring for the planet mm-hmm. we're seeing more natural disasters right. and because of climate harsher crisis. ones yeah. yeah and so like I can be like, okay, I see how like the evil of humanity and how like these systems that we somehow be traced can be, yeah, yeah, to this like natural suffering. But of course, like there was natural suffering before all that, but we're kind of exacerbating it. Right. So, right. Yeah. Where is God? I know. (laughs) I know. That's the, that's the age old question. I mean, literally it's, Every religion tries to answer this question of why is there evil? Every religion attempts to uh, have, you know, this is the big question. I mean, Job, it's literally a whole book of the Bible dedicated to that. And um, it's what people have been experiencing from the beginning. Like you said, like, it's not new that there's natural disasters or diseases. Why is this saber-toothed tiger trying to kill me? It's, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And I think that will be the number one question we all ask when we, you know, see God one day, that would be my first question is like, okay, well, can you give me some reason for this? And I think there's just such a desire to put a reason to it Mm -hmm. that we don't want our suffering maybe to be in vain. Um, but it also gives us some sort of control over it that like it gives us somebody to blame or a thing to blame. Yeah. Um we want to we want to see some sort of pattern so right. that we can avoid somehow control it in the yeah. future. Yeah. yeah. And um that's a lot of what Kate Bowler talks about in her book this everything happens for a reason. So she's this Uh, She actually studies the prosperity gospel. She's a professor at Duke, studies the prosperity gospel, and then all of a sudden she's diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. And so then she finds herself realizing that 
um, she has also a part of this prosperity gospel of um, which is more than just, uh, you know, this idea that, you know, you'll be rich if you pray to God or, yeah. you know, that if you're faithful enough, good things will happen right, to you. That, good fortune yes. will come upon you in a multitude of ways. Right. And yeah. so she finds herself she thought, you know, she since she studied it, she was, you know, I didn't come from that mindset. And she finds herself trying to find a reason for her suffering and why her and what can she do to, you know, get out of this suffering that was a death sentence for her. Um, and she comes to the conclusion that there is no good reason for it. But um, the, it's a really fascinating thought about the prosperity gospel, that it's this idea that we want to be in somehow in control of our lives. Um, it's because it's puts it back the onus back on us of saying, well, if we can have faith in God, then God will bless us. Then God will give us whatever we want. And there's a lot of scriptures that they can use to say that God will then give you whatever you want. And it's a really easy answer to say, well, if you're suffering, it's because you don't have enough faith in God. Mm -hmm. It's like a very simple explanation. Um, so that's, I think, why a lot of people buy into it, because it somehow relieves that tension for them that there is a reason There's for suffering. There's something I can do. Just yes. have more faith. Exactly. Yeah. And so, um, but for anybody who has had experienced that, innoc that innocent suffering of a disease or you know, loss from a natural disaster, anything that is just so not helpful. You're thinking, what am I doing wrong? Cause you try, then you put the onus back on yourself of what can I do to get mm -hmm. out of it? And it's just this human desire to control. And I'm not saying that that's, you know, we're all wrong for doing that, but I think that's a really, I think it's uh, part of the human journey. I think it's just like part of it. Yeah. Meaning. Yes. And that is just, that was really helpful for me to understand of like, oh, this is so much more pervasive and informs kind of just how we live. Um, we want to be in control of things. Um, so it's not, you know, I used to be like, how could people ask that kind of thing of like, or say, you know, believe that their faith has any dictation over whether God will bless them. Uh, but it's, over, it's, so pervasive. It, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm guilty of it. We all have some element of it. Um, it doesn't answer. I, it it doesn't. It answers the question in in a way, but it's not. I don't think a very helpful one mm -hmm. in the end because it's still. Well, I find myself in that circular logic when it comes to money. Like, yeah, we work at a church. We don't make a ton of money. And sure. so I get worried at the end of the month sometimes. Sure. The bank account's looking a little low and my next paycheck's not coming for another week. Um, and then I kind of like convince myself it's not necessarily maybe it is prosperity gospel of like okay if i trust in god mm -hmm. god will provide mm -hmm. i have to trust more mm -hmm. that god will provide and yeah. it's just like over and over and over okay i'm not trusting enough right because if i were trusting enough god would be providing and god's right. not providing right now so, so i that need to must trust mean more. that i'm yeah. not trusting yeah. yeah it tries it's it's a it's just comes back to that control of like of wanting to have some reason to it and wanting to fix it yourself and yeah. avoid it in the future of like, okay, well then in the future, I'll just have enough trust in God. I'll just put more trust in God and trusting God is not a bad thing to do, but it's, but it's not 
necessarily going to uh put more money in your bank account. right or <laughs> or make you avoid suffering in any any way yeah. because we know Jesus to have fully trusted in God and Jesus suffered yeah. all all the time so that's i think realizing that sin and your choices don't have anything to do with suffering yeah. your suffering that i mean that's why when we look at children and they're like of course they're so innocent how do you know it's not fair it's like it's really not fair for anybody you know to have that suffering because their sins or their choices don't have anything to do with why they're suffering i mean you know besides the what we were talking about of like the human choices of like that lead to sin or yeah. lead to con- natural consequences or whatever. But yeah. So on a personal level, have you ever had an experience where you found yourself? Cause you were like, you know, I used to be like really confused of why people would even ask this question. Have you ever found yourself like crying out to God? Why are you doing this to me? Like, why is this happening? Um, I think for me, the only experiences of that have been from anxiety that I've had since I was in middle school of just unexplained. It's just not like it doesn't make any sense. Why? Why should I be anxious going to school? I go to school every day and I know what happens. And these things that I'm worried about happening are not going to happen. Like people aren't going to die when I'm not, you know, around or these things that don't make any sense and feel just feeling terrible. And I would think, and I, you know, that's, it's been a up and down throughout my, since, since I was 11 or 12. And, um, so in, there've been moments when I was like, God, why, like, why am I feeling this way? I take it away. Yeah. Like I, I trust you. I, I don't believe that these things are really going to happen. So why am I feeling this way? Um, That's a really great example because I didn't experience anxiety for the first time until after when I was going through my divorce. Hmm. And since then it has crept up every now and then, like when I was really grieving the loss Hmm. of my grandmother, anxiety would come up. And it is one of those strange things that's like intellectually, you know, that everything's okay, right. but you just have, for me, it um, came up as just like pounding in my chest hmm. of like, it was almost like a an, a fear, like a, that was just sitting hmm. on my chest and I would ha- start like having trouble breathing hmm. and I would feel like everything's wrong in the world. Everything's mm-hmm. wrong in the world. But intellectually, I know everything's okay. Right. I'm okay. I'm taken care of. Like right. all the things I'm worrying about aren't actually happening. Right. But like that anxiety is real. And you do have those moments of like, could I will do anything for this feeling to stop. Right. Like, God, please help me like take this anxiety away. Right. Yes. Because it's you know, like you said, you know in your head that it's fine, but you can't help, you can't change the feeling. Like those thoughts are not changing the feeling. And so you're like, what, what can I do? Just, I, I thought I, I am doing what I can. I believe that it's going to be okay. But so God, just take this away because I know if, if this feeling is gone, I'm fine. Um, so those have been the, biggest moments for me I know other people have had you know more 
life-threatening moments and more uh, like deeper grief moments of I can't take this and yeah. I, I would do anything, um, you know, to not feel this way so I could get out of bed so that I could go through, just live my life. Um, yeah. So I don't want to, I'm not going to, I don't want to underscore my suffering, but I just I'm keenly aware that in my young life, I've not experienced the depth of suffering that a lot of people have. Mm. So it's yeah, it's not a fun feeling at all. Mm. Well, what are your views? We talked a little bit about God's plan and Mm -hmm. God's will. And and that's one of the offensive answers (laughs) that we've both heard is, oh, it's all part of God's plan. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, if we're to believe scripture, Mm -hmm. then we do believe God has a will Mm -hmm. uh, because we pray every Sunday, Mm -hmm. let God's will, thy will be done um, on earth as it is in heaven. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to why God lets bad things Mm. happen, where does that connect to your understanding of Mm. what God's plan or God's will means from a scriptural perspective or within your own faith journey? Like, Mm. how do you define those? Mm. I, I guess I, trying to I I didn't think about how it connects but I believe God to be loving that that is God's defining characteristic that God loves and that God's will for us is also to love and to become more like God um and that's scripture has different in different places throughout scripture it'll talk about God's will um and in the New Testament, especially, it'll say things like God's will is um, like give thanks in every circumstance for that. That is God's will for you um, to uh, become more like God, to sanct- to grow in sanctification. That is God's will for you. Um, but then there's a, there's it says other things in Scripture about God's will. Um, so I never believe. I can't get myself to believe that it's ever God's will for us to suffer um, in any circumstance. I just, I don't believe God wants us to suffer at all. But at the same time, I don't think that it has to do with the amount of faith we have. I don't think that it's tied that just because I don't think it's God's will for us to suffer, I don't think that means God's saying, so that means you need to have faith that I'm gonna you know not make you suffer yeah so um, it's not like god is like i don't want you to suffer why it's are your you own suffering? fault right exactly why are you suffering yeah nobody it's, wants that for you <laughs> exactly i never wanted that for you what are you doing like it's your own fault um stop suffering right like you put yourself here um so i can't get myself to believe that um so i guess i know more what i don't believe um but if I know God, if I believe God to be love and I believe God not to will us to suffer, that that's not God's desire, I guess the simplest way to connect it is that um, I don't think God lets or makes us suffer. 
um, I think that somehow we we do suffer, but I don't think God is part of that. I think God is only part of um, experiencing with us, being with us, but I don't think God causes it. Um, I think a lot of people who I've heard from people, different faith, people of the faith throughout the years, I've heard, I've read, um, that they, through their suffering and, you know, and the plague or just any kind of suffering, a lot of them, it was sickness. And they, when they thought they were going to die, they, they were somehow felt more connected to God, um, that they somehow experienced this indescribable love and peace that they somehow knew God even more. And because of how Jesus experienced suffering, that they had experienced God's goodness throughout their lives in different ways, that the good of God and then, but, and the love of Christ that Christ showed, but then they were, they said that they were able to connect to the suffering of Christ, which they had never been able to connect to before. And so I, I, that doesn't put words to why, or if God allows it, how God's connected to it, other than that God is with us in it somehow, and that it somehow makes us know God more. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's the optimist view. It's the optimist. I would really love to not experience Christ's suffering. I mean, me either. (laughs) I know. I'm really hoping that I never have to. You have to. But right. And and then it it ends with this elation of being close to God. Then I guess that's. I mean, it's right. It's (laughs) that there's some some magical, not magical thing, but for lack of better word about it. But again, yeah, I don't want to suffer. I don't want to get to the point where I think I'm going to die because that is still scary to me. Um, But there was somehow a comfort in it. Um, But I don't, not to my recollection, did any of them say they believed God to cause it, Mm -hmm. but they just believed that God was there in their experience of it. So I know that doesn't really answer the question. <laughs> well, I, so I know that you, and of course, we're not going to answer the question. Right. Don't put that pressure on yourself. Right. Like, Sorry, not- everybody. <laughs> Spoiler alert. If you get to the end, you still won't have an answer for this. <laughs> so when, in in your time as a pastor, which has not been, not been that long. a huge amount of time, <laughs> um, have you had the opportunity to help someone who's struggling with this question, who hmm. maybe their faith is suffering as a result of this question? Hmm. Maybe not directly, um, although I'm sure it will come. But, you know, people ex- in experiencing a death in the family or um, a divorce or, you know, different things going on in their lives that cause them to suffer. Um, people, they, they've never asked me why, but um, there's that desire to somehow comfort them and you want to give them a reason why because you feel like somehow that will comfort them. Um, but 
Yeah, there is this tendency when you see someone suffering to want to volunteer a reason why this could be happening. Right. It's not helpful. Right. It's not (laughs) helpful. But but that's – I think it's because we're so uncomfortable with the idea of suffering because then it means that could happen to us. Um, It comes all back to that trying to prevent it from happening to you. Um, But in the end, all they really – an answer isn't really what they want. They really just want presence, um, not not presence with a TS. <laughs> I mean that too. Honestly, just get it me helps. Presence. Just get me presence. But but they just they want somebody. They just want to experience somebody's presence. I mean, they want what they really like deeply want is God's presence. They want to feel loved and comforted somehow, even though you can't solve the problem. Um, I mean, I, when you're called in to, a, you know, somebody whose family member died, you can't fix their problem. Yeah. Um, well, and suffering can feel so isolating. Right. Especially um, those, the big, the big things mm-hmm. that maybe you feel like nobody else mm-hmm. in your circle, you know, other people in the world have experienced right. what you're experiencing, but nobody that you know, nobody who's mm-hmm. intimate with you that you can immediately turn to. I, right. I think of my best friend who, um, her, her brother died by suicide, hmm. uh, almost a year and a half ago. And to that level of suffering, mm-hmm. this is, I was thinking of her this for this question mm. of like why mm. why and I, and I know she's asked herself that like yeah. why did this have to happen and she's yeah. thinking through like the events of the day and just like one thing we could have done differently that mm. this wouldn't happen yeah. and there's there are no words there yeah. are no there's nothing you can say there's no reason mm. um there is mental illness yeah there's n- nothing will actually make that okay or there's not a greater purpose in that death um or his own suffering there's not what could possibly be worth that you know um i remember hearing once somebody saying that their brother had also died by suicide and that led them to this girl who they then had a baby with and they believe they said and I fully believe that had my brother not died I wouldn't have this gift of a baby and I remember thinking that I was only like 18 or 19 and I was like I don't no I don't think so I mean I, it might have been a different baby right but, probably but would have had a baby some with someone right so, and I was like I just don't think that your brother had to suffer yeah. In order for you to have a, I, I, you know, but it's like, it's that, but you can't say that to someone exactly. because they, they're telling themselves what they need to right. cope. It's never the time to be a theologian right? in times of grief. It's never the time to correct people's, um, theology to whatever you think is correct. Um, so that's, that's can be really difficult as a pastor too, because they'll be like, well, God has a greater plan. Um, I think all I can all I can say to them in, in when things like that happen when I hear um you know my friends saying s- stuff like that about 
their family members suffering are like, you know, but God has a greater plan. Um, I always them to find meaning. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just say, but it's also okay just to be sad. And yeah. so I, I, because I think a lot of the time that like deflects grief and tries to, um, they're like trying to find meaning in it. So they're trying not, they're mm-hmm. trying to see that there's somehow a good thing about this. So there's, they don't need to be sad about it. Yeah. Um, so I always just try to be like, well, I, like maybe that's true. I, but I, it's also, you're allowed to be sad. Yeah. So. Well, and I also think in a weird way, there can be beauty in grief and suffering. Mm-hmm. And, and I have grieved in healthy ways and in unhealthy ways. Yes. And I would say I have two distinct examples. Through my divorce, I grieved in a very healthy way. Hmm. Um, I went to therapy. Mm-hmm. I, you know, surrounded myself with community. I leaned on my family. Uh, the death of my grandmother, I think I grieved in a very unhealthy way mm. of I isolated mm. and I, you know, kind of removed myself from the world. Mm. But it's interesting because through my divorce, looking back on it, because I was really trying to do it in a healthy way, um, I I don't know if I've ever felt closer to God hmm. than I did during that time. And it was a really hard time. I don't yeah. want to relive it. No. And I was suffering for yeah. sure. But I was also seeking God in a way that mm. I had never right. like intensely trying right. to feel God's presence. Mm-hmm. When I was grieving the loss of my grandmother, I didn't. Mm. I wasn't, I didn't go looking for God because mm. I was just like yeah beside myself with grief of like, I didn't want to find God. Mm. Um, And I think that there is something, so like the beautiful thing about suffering is that sometimes when, and I'm not saying like I, I purposefully did it in a healthy way. Um, I had a lot of help from people who didn't let me remove myself Mm. from the world. Um, But because of that, my suffering I got closer to God through mm-hmm. that suffering. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that's why the no. suffering right. happened. Right. But I was able to seek God through that. And it was a an incredible experience that's hard to put words yeah. around. Right. And yeah, I, I think what you're saying is true for a lot of people. And then somehow they retroactively assign meaning to it right or connect that that it's somehow yeah this test of faith that that this grief will or that this suffering this bad thing that happens in your life causes causes you to have more faith in god or makes you closer to god or like i had to have that suffering to get closer to god when the truth is I could be that close to God all the right. time if I was seeking it. Yes. But like you're, I don't how, think you're not it, always motivated. Right. <laughs> it's that and that goes back to that being like a test of faith kind of thing. It's like, are you gonna is this gonna make you closer to God? Like this is your chance. Like, but um I think it's it probably comes back to that again, I haven't experienced it to the depth that like you have and a lot of people have of relying on God to just get up and get through the day. Um, and, um, 
I don't, I lost my train of thought, but it's something about that you don't need or that, hmm, let's see. (laughs) I bet it was good. I I bet it was good. (laughs) We'll see if I get back there. (laughs) We can move on (laughs) because I don't know where, I'm sure it was good, but. (laughs) So. What do you think? So we, we've we got this big question. Why does God let bad things happen? We mm-hmm. have the, all of the variations of the way that this question could be potentially asked. But if we're taking a step back and asking, what, what do you think is at the heart of mm-hmm. this question? Why are people asking this? Mm-hmm. Like, what is it that's driving this constant need to know why is why is God letting these things happen? Mm. I think you already mentioned control, so mm-hmm. like a sense of control and yeah. meaning is is big. But I, yeah, maybe maybe the, yeah, there's some to put some meaning to it. Um, the suffering that you experience that um, you want there to have been a good reason to go through you know like people who have had babies they're like well like that I would do it all over again even though it was painful like they would do it all over again because they got a baby at the end of it um but not every bit of suffering has a good thing come out of it like that's very tangible or direct a very direct result from it um but I think we're just we're trained or it's just our nature to want there to be that we, we don't want to suffer. I think there's, we just desire peace and um, flourishing for ourselves. And so we think that we deserve to have that peace and flourishing for ourselves. And so we want there to be some sort of reason Mm -hmm. that you're not. I think it I think it comes back to like fear of the unknown hmm. of like we want everything to happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. We want like you said to appeal to the rational side of our mm-hmm. our brain and and assign meaning yeah. to things. We want to look back on our lives and and because we're storytellers yeah. too, right? Yeah. As humans, we're storytellers yeah. and so we want to have that happy ending and we want to yeah. be able we want to be the hero of our own story mm-hmm. and look back on our lives and say, "Oh, look at everything I've overcome and mm-hmm. it was all for good yes it was all I want to go to the end of my life and look back and look at this legacy I've Mm -hmm. left behind there's sometimes horrible things in our lives happen for absolutely no reason right and there you have nothing to show for it yeah and I think that like it it just leads us into this existential crisis of like I hear stories from people who had a career and worked at the same company for 25 years and then they're laid off and they're just like, what? Who am I? What was it <laughs> yeah. all for? Right. What was it all for? Yeah. Um, and it just, we're afraid of that feeling of emptiness, hmm. of that feeling of like, it's all... Purposelessness. Yes. Purposelessness. That's yeah. Say, yeah. But yeah. If that is... Yeah. Um, no, I think you're right. It has to do with this idea that there's 
our life has a purpose and the things that we do have a purpose. But I do think it does also come back to that control of that it puts you suffering puts you in a place where you're like, how how did I how am I? able to prevent that like I didn't see that coming Mm -hmm. it makes you feel really scared and lost of like I can't control what happens to me and that's scary you want to be able to be you know the captain of your what's that I don't know captain of my soul I don't know (laughs) the Walt Whitman thing where he's like he can you control he's like you control (laughs) your own fate and like you control your own destiny but it makes people realize that you can't and I think it makes people really scared we freak out yeah we're like oh my gosh i'm just like one being on this floating rock in the middle of the universe that has no rhyme or reason and we're all just flying through space right yes (laughs) so it has to do with purposelessness purpose and control i think are two things that we really we depend on Mm. so why does god let bad things happen i don't know Gracie, thank you so much for joining me and having this conversation. And these are my favorite kinds of conversations where we can just kind of roll around in the different things that we've heard, what we've understood, what we don't understand. Yeah. And come up with no answers. Yeah. And so let's do it again. Great. I'm I'm getting better at realizing I don't have to have an answer for oh, this. Good. <laughs> I'm like, wow, they're really depending on this 50-minute podcast to answer this lifelong question. (laughs) I'll ask you again next year, and you'll have all different answers. So let's let's revisit. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) The Life Plus God podcast is hosted, written, and produced by me, Alyssa Robinson, and sponsored by Treach Memorial United Methodist Church in Flower Mound, Texas. If you live in the Flower Mound area, I invite you to stop by and see if Treach could be your new church family. You can learn more about all of our programs and events at tmumc.org. And I hope to catch you next week for our next episode of the Life Plus God podcast.